Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at creator's perspective on suffering and the soul. And I grabbed a title as kind of a generic, but it's really, we're going to be looking at the quotes of Viktor Frankl once again. We we looked at some quotes from Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, a few weeks ago. And both Carl and I feel we got some really, really important and incredible stuff from creator on that. And, and so we're kind of going back to the well <laughs> to, uh, to grab some more quotes from his big book, his basically his life's work, which is The Doctor and the Soul. So this should be a very interesting show, Carl. The messages from powerful people, deep thinkers, impassioned thinkers, critical thinkers, and bouncing their ideas up to creator for further comment and what else we might learn from it. And so we're, we're, we're starting from a little higher plane maybe than the average person's concerns about life. But we can learn from adversity. And I think that's the thing to look forward to. We all have difficult times in our lives, and we can learn from that. And that's kind of the point of living, to take what comes and make the best of it. And when we do that, we'll end up okay. And that's the reassuring bottom line, I think, we'll, we'll hear along the way. But this is a guy who had the worst of lives for quite some time, going through all the death camps in Nazi Germany. So we're in for a, a, an object lesson in, in life, in the art of living. Absolutely. You asked Creator, today's questions for Creator are taken from or inspired by Dr. Frankl, Dr. Victor Frankel's comprehensive book, The Doctor and the Soul. Dr. Frankel was already a world-renowned psychiatrist when he and his family were captured and sent to the German concentration camps. He was the only member of his family to survive the ordeal. When Dr. Frankel first entered the camp, he had with him an unpublished manuscript of The Doctor and the Soul. He was horrified as the Nazi guards took the only remaining copy of his life's work and quickly destroyed it, utterly ignoring his desperate protests. In a very real sense, Frankel himself became the crucible of the destroyed manuscript's contents, forced by circumstances to become the principal test subject of his own insights and theories through his own horrific experiences. How much of this was due to karmic factors versus a backlash from the interlopers for his successful career and contributions to the mental health field? Right, and this is what I channeled from Creator in answer. These are Creator's words. Interestingly enough, there was personal animus in Dr. Frankel's case. He was a thinker. He was an accomplished scholar and observer of the scene and in divine alignment, meaning he was a thumb in the eye of the interlopers as they see all such humans who aspire to accomplishments as a kind of affront because they're wanting to disparage humanity and drag it down to ever lower levels, bringing increased discomfort and suffering. So anyone trying to help others is working against them. Because so many of the Jewish people are intelligent and learned, as it is a cultural attribute to value learning and teaching and advancing the state of human knowledge. 
it is no accident there was an appeal to what is essentially racism in the anti-Semitic screed of the Nazis. In the roundup of the Jews as a part of the Holocaust, you can be sure there were special circumstances and an oversight applied to be sure to ensnare as many of the advanced thinkers among that group as possible. And Frankel was among them. The karma on his personal side of things that might have made him more prone to have a life as a victim was more the opposite. He was a doer. He was a contributor, a thinker, and a spokesperson in multiple lifetimes. That is why his talents shined, including his writing ability and the ability to think deeply as a philosopher and a spiritual being in ways that captured the hearts as well as the minds of his readers. This was no accident or random act of evolution that such a person would pop up in the midst of the Holocaust, sprouting within a lifetime to a high level of attainment and knowledge, wisdom, and talent to communicate. Those were attributes gained from prior lifetimes in service to the light and were preselected to be on board his incarnation as Frankel and be on the front lines, as it were, in the contest between good and evil that is still playing out on your planet. That's really interesting. But I, I think that at the end of the day, the plan probably wasn't for Frankel to be in the concentration camp. <laughs> you know, I, he was here to, he was there to be on the front line, but I don't know that anybody planned to be in that camp, but especially to lose his family, lose his young wife. Um, it really was a horrific uh, experience for him. And uh, I saw a picture of his wife, very beautiful woman. You know, he, he seemed to have it all before he was brought low. But uh, at the same time, though, Creator says this was a man of immense talent, knowledge, and wisdom. And frankly, you know, you want somebody in that to be there to record what has happened faithfully and truthfully. And, and so I guess maybe it's not that hard to imagine Frankel volunteering for such duty. Well, and this sheds a new light on how bad things happen to good people. It, it can be seen to. It can be intentional and planned in a deep way behind the scenes by people who are really controlling what goes on on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. U.S. creator Frankel wrote, Even a man who finds himself in the greatest distress in which neither activity nor creativity can bring values to life, nor experience give meaning to it, even such a man can still give his life a meaning by the way he faces his fate, his distress. By taking his unavoidable suffering upon himself, he may yet realize values. Thus, life has meaning to the last breath. The right kind of suffering, facing your fate without flinching, is the highest achievement granted to man. What is Creator's perspective? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. This is a deeply insightful awareness and appreciation of the role of the light worker. And that is why all human beings were created and has carried through to his generation and beyond to the present on the part of all humans who choose to come into life as physical earthlings. They are here as living witnesses to the depravity of your culture has become and act as a counterforce for good in the face of the evil that has descended and preyed upon humanity through the ages. You were created to rein it in and solve it 
once and for all to the greater good of everyone within your galaxy and then the universe as a whole to allow wonderful expansion of possibilities based on greater free will and free agency. That has given rise to evil. And the experiment rests on the ability of physical beings themselves to counter it and redirect things in a way evil can be contained and then healed. Life will not continue on as it is headed within your galaxy. That is what is causing all the suffering. No matter what it is, on an individual or collective basis, it traces back to corruption by the dark spirits who gave rise to evil thinking they are praying, think, who gave rise to evil thinking and are preying on the human living as well as ex- extraterrestrial beings on many worlds. Every human knows this who is incarnating. You are all heroes in service to the light, but do not know it. Yeah, so this is something I think that was important for me to understand as a young man, is that uh, you can find value in facing your fate with alacrity, so so, so to speak. You know, with um, kind of a, a dissociated dispassion and just taking your lumps. But, but, you know, setting the goal to make through it no matter what and to stand strong no matter what. There, there's satisfaction to be derived out of that, believe it or not. And I was a depressed young man, so I, I know a little bit about this. Well, it, there is a, a kind of spiritual duty to safeguard the soul. But sometimes safeguarding the soul is not to give in and surrender and thereby diminish yourself. And perhaps resist, or at least speak the truth, and don't shirk from that responsibility. Stand strong, stand tall, even as they're about to do you in. If you go and meekly lay your head on the chopping block, it might be swifter, more certain, and less painful than being tortured for being um, a, a resistor. But in terms of what you learn from that, That bit of extra pain you get doesn't outweigh the growth in understanding and character from staying in divine alignment and sticking to your principles. That's not easy. No, definitely not. You asked creator, Frankel wrote, it goes without saying that the realization of attitudinal values, the achievement of meaning through suffering can take place only when the suffering is unavoidable. What is creator's perspective? All right, and Creator says, this reflects a partial truth that suffering contains within it an assumption of responsibility on the part of the sufferer. If it is truly unavoidable, as was the case for concentration camp inmates, doing the best one can in the face of adversity is noble and will indeed enrich the soul through, although through a ghastly means and necessity imposed by others. The extent to which one can rise to the occasion is a mark of character, spiritual alignment, and inner strength. The deeper meaning is the suffering itself is a learning opportunity. So it is not only to be simply endured, but is a teachable moment in the effects of negativity on the soul and all parts of the being, 
because all can be compromised, wounded, and altered thereafter to be out of alignment and dysfunctional. There is much to be learned from going through the trials and tribulations of physical existence. That is the hidden wisdom in this experiment. You learn by doing, not by studying the thoughts of others and observing things from a distance. Only by facing the fire personally can you truly learn about the necessity of divine alignment in the face of evil and how to respond to the challenge effectively and what it takes within to do so. Those principles are easily recounted, the tools and attributes that will be necessary, but it is another to cultivate and allow the expression from deep within the being to embody them and bring them into a full manifestation with one's energy when one is on the firing line and may well get a reprisal that is painful or even lethal. That takes courage and is quite a different thing from the challenges to the scholar who only needs time and a quiet place to study to carry out their role. It is the doer who takes risks and will learn and grow by the doing. That is what the sufferer gains from their plight. It is not wasted, even though it is dreadful and unpleasant. The learning will be equally powerful. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen on TV, you know, wandering through the channels over the years, but so there has been games of, of skill where somebody would be like on a, a like a saucer type platform with like a, a big spear, but with a a big cushion at the end and you'd be facing somebody else trying to knock you off. And so the goal is always to stay on the platform and prevent others from trying to knock you off. And I think essentially that's what creators talking about here with staying in divine alignment, you know, staying in divine alignment is the goal. So in the worst situation, like the concentration camp, keeping your wits about you, you know, which is essentially staying in divine alignment becomes the challenge you know and if you can do that like frankel did and meet that challenge you are getting wisdom with ever you know beyond what most people will ever be able to accomplish in a single lifetime so there is something i think truly you know uh truly breathtaking and great that could be extracted from that experience but it's a different way of looking at things Yes, and I think it may be small comfort at first glance, but there's a bigger purpose to this. There's a future destiny we're moving towards, and this is how we're going to get there, taking on these challenges. It's not a small thing. It's an overwhelming thing, but we can do it. I believe so. U.S. creator Franklin quoted the great psychiatrist Dubois. Of course, one can manage without all that dealing with a patient's existential spiritual crisis and still be a doctor. But in that case, one should realize that the only thing that makes us different from the veterinarian is the clientele. What is creator's perspective? And creator tells us this is a witty, quite clever and profound declaration about the contrast between viewing human beings as merely animals and seeking to define what does in fact make them different other than having a greater intelligence to have things like language and the creativity to develop effective tools and technology. It indeed is the spiritual core reflecting their divinity, 
And because they are divine and deeply spiritual, human beings are special. And they have a special purpose for their existence and a special destiny as well. They are not simply a random occurrence, a product of evolution, as science would say. They are not a decoration amongst the habitat as a part of the physical workings of the planet and its varied life forms. They are divine extensions and workers for the divine to spread its influence and carry out a powerful and important mission. They are at risk and vulnerable. This keeps people at a disadvantage in understanding their own nature and their plight. The answer for all of it is a return to divine alignment. The goal of enlightenment sought by so many thirsting for a spiritual meaning and expression for their lives is, first and foremost, a healing journey to return them to divine alignment because of the many woundings keeping them at a distance and impairing their lives with the varied symptoms that result. For a physician to only look at the surface of things, the bodily symptoms, and trying to relate that solely to physiology, anatomy, and cellular function, including genetic makeup and so on, is still a surface level. The deeper origin of most illness is karmic, and a large aspect of that comes from prior lives. If nothing else, the phenomenon of this being a reincarnation paradigm you are a part of is living demonstration and proof as well you are part of a divine creation for a divine purpose and are divine personally as evidenced by your immortality. This adds a whole new level of responsibility, but also tremendous opportunity and range of possibilities for physicians to provide deep and true healing for their patients and not simply working to mask symptoms for greater comfort for the most part and not offering cures. People are cured when their souls are cured, and that requires divine level healing. The irony is the divine can only act at human request. Frankel's Rye comment puts a spotlight directly on the reality physicians are clueless about how things truly work, the origin of their patients' issues and the fact they can request divine help for them and do it quite effectively if they know how. Well, I think quite a few physicians would probably take umbrage at the idea that they're clueless, but uh, we've, we're learning that the cause of most illness is karmic, which means it's not going to be found dissecting the human body, Carl. Well, and I spent 30 years in doing research designed to help medicine and came to see how difficult it was. And the larger picture of things was, that isn't the path that's going to work. Right. It, it just isn't. And it was quite a wake-up call for me personally. And now as a facilitator of divine intervention and divine healing, I see the truth of it and the wisdom behind it. You have to have that component. Yeah, you can use a medical adjunct when it's available and work to add more such things. They have a place. Because divine healing can take a long, long time. So you need painkillers in the interim. You, <laughs> in need, the inter you need supportive care of all kinds. Right. And that's just using human wherewithal and intelligence. Well, but we're missing the big picture. That's the problem. Well, speaking of wisdom, check out GetWisdom.com. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Yes. 
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive lightworker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at creator's perspective on suffering and the soul, which is really what the contents of Dr. Victor Frankl's book, The Doctor and the Soul, is really all about. Um, the book was also about his um, a particular approach to therapy, which he called logotherapy. I uh, don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it was a particular therapy that he developed that really um, saw the dilemma of the typical human as being one of a spiritual nature, of a spiritual cri- a crisis of meaning, that only human beings have a crisis of meaning. Dogs don't have meaning, a crisis of meaning. <laughs> you know, They don't have existential crises. This is something that only sentient beings, particularly humans, have. So that you know, Frankel built an entire therapy around that notion. Well, and this is a powerful idea that we need a little something more than just the creature comforts. <laughs> That's been true all through history. It's part of who we are to yearn for that that missing piece. And suffering didn't stop with the Holocaust. No. It might have lightened up, but it is still going on. And unfortunately, that's very, very true. U.S. creator Frankel wrote, Freud once said, try and subject a number of strongly differentiated human beings to the same amount of starvation. With the increase of the imperative need for food, all individual differences will be blotted out, and in their place, we shall see the uniform expression of the one unsatisfied instinct. But Frankel, by dint of direct experience, not supposition, knew better. But in the concentration camps, he said, we witnessed the contrary. We saw while faced with the identical situation, one man degenerated while another attained a virtual saintliness. Freud's is the atheist's untested perspective, and one we assume is shared by the interlopers. What is Creator's perspective? All right, and Creator tells us, indeed, the view of Freud is quite dystopian. And very much a frequent theme of fiction and motion picture depictions of dystopian societies and their bleak hopelessness that are always created by the power flowing to the top. So eventually the masses of people are left, are on their own, left to live by their wits with meager resources and capabilities 
in a downward spiral of poverty and lawlessness because no power is left to do good to counter the imbalance. What Frankel witnessed in the death camps on the part of heroic inmates attending to others, offering some nurturing bits of food, helped to prop them up so they would not be selected for extermination just yet, but were only weak with about a bout of illness, for example, but could be saved. This took something away from the helpers, but this divinity on the march is when people give of themselves when it hurts. What was truly taking place is even deeper than acts of divine alignment. This was helping the divine. This was the divine acting through those humanitarians as a force for good and in the doing, helping to support them at least enough to keep them going. This is a miracle by your perspective, and such miracles are not always perceived or appreciated at the time, but that indeed is why some people seem saintly, even while present in the mouth of hell, with little hope for their own personal survival, but still took time to help others. This is the measure of who you are. Those few at any point in history, including this very moment, who are doing God's work, are simply being who they are. It is all the others who are still asleep, unaware of their origin and their destiny, who are being sidelined and unwitting victims of their disconnection that imperils them. What needs to happen is to not rely on a few awake and enlightened lightworkers, but for a grand awakening of many, many people to see the ongoing folly of human civilization's poor choices and demand a change in things, and in particular, reach out to the divine for help to be raised up and become more effective as human beings and advocates for divine truth. They will be heroes as well. So I think this is an important channeling because Crater is pointing out here that these rare human beings in these environments where they become saintly when it, everybody expects them to degenerate, um, we're thinking that, that they're doing something extraordinary. And they are doing something extraordinary vis-a-vis compared to the people around them. But for themselves, they probably don't see it that way. They're simply being themselves, you know. And it would be extraordinary for them not to be that way. Yes, and I've, I've met a few people like that in my life who lived in an extraordinary fashion, uniformly. And that is the hallmark of someone in divine alignment. They'll get less flustered. They'll roll with the punches, but they'll stand strong. They won't go under. And they won't give in to evil. They'll find a way to deflect it, work around it, overcome it. And this is the capability in all of us if we can reconnect to our true origin and get some divine help going, some support to grow those muscles. Yes, absolutely. U.S. Creator Frankel wrote, I am absolutely convinced <clears throat> I am absolutely convinced that the gas chambers were ultimately prepared, not in some ministry or other in Berlin, but rather at desks and in the lecture halls of nihilistic scientists and philosophers. What is Creator's perspective? 
Creator says, here again is an impressive and deep perception of the irony inherent in the banality of evil. This has deep significance and meaning because the interlopers who menace your world do not work in the open. They do their dirty work through you by corrupting you to think less of yourself, less of others, to underappreciate your institutions, passively passively accept their faults and inefficiency, embrace faulty thinking and slogan-based follies that add to tensions and divisiveness, or support make-work projects to no real purpose that waste resources and precious time that could be devoted to making true progress. So Frankel is pondering, how can things become so horrid when done by seemingly ordinary people, leading ordinary lives, even as they serve up a litany of horrors as the end result of what they participate in constructing? each with their own humdrum job as cogs in the wheel? The answer is, they truly know not what they do. They are mind-controlled to be slaves, in effect, for the greater cause of the extraterrestrial alliance running the world from behind the scenes. Mind-control determines what the leadership does, and then all the underlings. It includes a heavy dose of manipulation to make people complacent, to not question anything, not raise concern about problems they themselves may create, but simply to accept their marching orders as warranted, appropriate, and even rewarding, and pride themselves on their efficiency and contributions to the nation or their business or other organization. This is a clever deception that keeps many secrets hidden. While everyone, while everything is ordinary on the surface, If people are programmed to carry out actions inimical to their own interests and the interests of others, thinking they are helping and making a contribution, there is no need for a tyrant to be railing invective and threats with a heavy-handed military police looming over each worker, waiting for mistakes in order to punish them. Through mind control manipulation, each citizen can be made to be an authoritarian marching in lockstep and paying allegiance to the extraterrestrial alliance without realizing what they are doing and the implications about where things are heading, that they are contributing to an eventual annihilation of humanity by serving the system of diminishment and destruction. You know, I'm always amazed that um, a lot of the really smart atheists that I know you know, they, they love science, right? Science, science, science. And you, you say, well, what about the science of the mind? You know, you, you think that as we get more knowledge, that people would be curious about investigating ways to control other people through the mind. Don't you think that would be the case? But somehow they seem to think that they themselves would be immune to that somehow. I, I'm, always, I'm always, you know, <laughs> taken aback by that disconnect. Well, the sad reality, and I found this out to my horror and shock as a scientist for so many years, that the whole domain of science is controlled through mind manipulation to misdirect the the conduct of research away from the truth into cul-de-sacs, little make-work exercises that don't pay off, 
and don't bring progress. Right. So progress is controlled and, and kept from happening in a big way. And it's very, very sad and tragic because it holds back humanity wholesale, no matter how you want to see it come about through science, technological advances, better government, better social support and policies, whatever it is, will be poisoned and turned into something nightmarish in the end. This is what we're seeing now with wokeism and so on. And now they're teaching people to hate other races as an answer for racism. How can that make sense? And, you know, an example, I think, that uh, for me is how, how much money has been spent on cancer research since the mid early 1970s? Trillions, I would imagine, at this point, right? And yet the typical regimen for chemotherapy hasn't changed since the early 70s, Carl. <laughs> it's the same stuff. Well, know? they don't even know what causes cancer because they're misdirected into kind of minor examples. Yeah. And, and and they're missing the major cause. And it's deliberate. It's deliberately obfuscated. It's been discovered, yeah. but neglected and, and ignored through mind control manipulation. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. U.S. creator Frankel wrote, previously the only obvious physical, philosophical tenant that entered into the doctor's work was the tacit affirmation of the value of health. Now we need to worry about why he, the patient, needs the health. What is Creator's perspective? And Creator tells us, here Frankel is circling around the deep truth needed to be appreciated by both doctor and patient, that a human being is more than a mass of tissue, blood and sinew, hair and bone. And as used to be a popular awareness, a dollar and a quarter worth of chemicals. The human being is a current embodiment of a soul extension, a divine personage, a representative of creator's consciousness directly, being part of the integral makeup of creator's consciousness. Everything about consciousness depends on content, where it has been, what it has been a part of, what it has been subjected to in life experience. And the meaning of it all in terms of its impact on the human life experience, moving things toward or away from divine alignment. The further away people go as a result of misfortune or harm done by others, the more wounding will take place. All of which is recorded and will circle back to that individual in the future via the law of karma, seeing they are challenged with an opportunity to overcome it. If not, the wound will grow and the burden become greater. The dilemma of karmic trauma as a cause of illness is profound and profoundly important for caregivers as well as their parents and their their patients to appreciate because it is the key to obtaining the deepest possible resolution of the problem with health they experience. Medicine will largely miss the point until it is fully and completely understood and accepted one needs to deal with the whole being, especially its history of what has gone wrong and set that right with divine help. This may well uncreate a current illness when the divine goes back into the past at human request 
to heal a series of predisposing traumatic events in prior lifetimes that have circled back through the projection of karmic potential and are undermining an individual's body in their current life, challenging them to do something about the discord that was created to throw them out of balance and needs to be addressed in order to move forward without suffering. As long as science is blind to this reality, medicine will be a useful supportive adjunct, but largely helpless to deal with most major problems effectively. I think what's really important here uh, in this whole topic of the suffering and the soul is the fact that suffering does have a purpose in that when you have a karmic traumatic buildup of energy that's chasing you around from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, the suffering neutralizes that and bleeds some of that off. So it's important that if you find yourself in suffering that you cannot avoid, to take a kind of dispassionate approach to yourself, to forgive yourself and to not add to the trauma with greater and greater levels of angst. You know, uh, that's and the, hard to and do. The other th- the other thing you can do is reach out to us for some healing work. Absolutely. Because yes. we know how to request karmic repair through the divine, through creator directly to go into your other lifetimes and rework things to repair the tragedies of old. And that will project forward into your current life and resolve the ongoing health crisis or dilemma or chronic difficulty with all of its symptoms you can undo it through the divine realm it can take time but what is a better thing to do than resolve your trauma that is causing you to shorten your life in in if it's not dealt with effectively yes and the nice thing about the white working protocol is it can it can take care of traumas that we may not even know are chasing us carl well and that's the big problem because People don't know what they're facing, why it's there, and doctors don't know. And that's what Creator has been saying in these channelings, that medicine is blind to the true underlying cause. And I I learned this some years back, that 94% of physical illness is caused by karma, karmic trauma. It's caused. It can alter a genetic complement in a future lifetime to set you up to re-experience a dilemma and that brings a chronic illness so you can try to repair it by dealing with the atoms and molecules in your body with some kind of chemical good luck with that <laughs> that isn't what your body needs your body needs to be out from under the karma and that pressure energetically is causing the discord and if it's resolved through healing deep karmic healing you'll be good you'll be made whole again that's yep. the that's the potential. Suffering can reduce karmic backlog, but that's not the that's not the optimum way to do it, Carl. That's not really the way you want to go about it if you can avoid it. <laughs> well, and it's it, in a sense it's it's often marking time. Yes, often. And the it danger is. is it will add to the problem by tearing the wound open and making it bigger. And and this is what people do. Life after life, they're dealing with a similar thing. And I see this as I work with people. They're back again in lives where they died young in previous lives. They're married to someone who was married to them in another life, lost them, and made a widow. And it was just a tragedy. And now they're back setting up to do the same thing. Let's stop it. 
Let's well, feel think, the karmic dilemma. I think I think suffering can be like a sheet of sandpaper. With used with skill, it can soften you know soften wood and make it beautiful. But if just attacked at random, it can scar it beyond belief. So suffering can be a tool, but it's it's not. It has to be used with precision and with wisdom. You know, even within your own self. This is the idea of having compassion for yourself in the midst of your own suffering. It's a it's a it's an advanced topic. We're uh, being scared so, by the clock here, Brian. Yep, so we are. We'll be right back with more get wisdom after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at Claire's perspective on suffering and the soul. And we are a project of healing, Carl's, and healing is our number one mission. Um, but, you know, we're taking a look at suffering and um, perhaps the role it has in, in the spiritual life. Well, it's a fundamental problem, and it leads to problems of the physical body and of the mind and heart and emotions. And this is the fundamental dilemma of human existence. And people think it's just the rarefied air of the philosopher where this really gets discussed and only matters to the people who have the time and the leisure to think about the esoteric and 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 it really is in our face yeah. and it's the reason everyone has a tough slog in life it doesn't have to be this way agreed u.s creator frankel wrote a doctor should not prescribe a tranquilizer care for the despair of a man who is grappling with spiritual problems what is creator's perspective and creator says here again is a deep awareness and appreciation that humans are spiritual beings. It is their makeup, their essence, their reason for existence. When that is compromised and being out of alignment and someone is working against their own nature, 
because they are corrupted or traumatized and become incapable of maintaining their own state of alignment and inner balance, they need help desperately to regain their footing. And only that will solve the problem. Someone who is in a state of despair, suffering from anxiety or depression, needs deep karmic repair to bring them back into balance once again, because that is what is behind the symptoms. One can throw chemicals at the problem to mask the awareness of the inner conflict, but not at the expense of interfering with normal workings of the mind and body to get the attention of the conscious awareness something is wrong and sound an alarm. That is the benefit and reason why you have nerves to create painful sensations when the body is compromised. It is useful as a signal, a warning, and an incentive to take useful action to solve the problem and take the pain away. What has been happening is that for all of history, humans have been struggling and suffering with maladies of all kinds, both mental and physical, without understanding the true origins or how to solve the problems thoroughly and effectively without side effects. That is what deep karmic repair can do when requested effectively through the divine realm. Well, certainly deep karmic repair can take away a lot of the fuel that feeds the fire of despair. You know, But I'm getting out of this answer that despair is not necessarily an inevitable condition. And... Um, you know, we have free will, and I think that some of our own free will choices, poor ones, in fact, are playing into the despair cycle, so to speak. And that might be one reason why it's, it can be very difficult to heal this, you know, directly. Well, yes, it's, it is a dysfunctional state. If you get into a state of despair and resign yourself to your fate, essentially give up. It's game over, and and you, you may not get back from that on your own. And that is the danger, and that is the liability. So we need a better way to help restore people who reach that extreme because yes. they're essentially not being part of the solution then, and they are contributing to the worst possible outcome by not being a contributor with their energy. Yes, agreed. U.S. creator Franco wrote, Man should not ask what he may expect from life, but should rather understand that life expects something from him. Can creator share with us what empowered prayer and lightworker healing protocol require from the human individual? In other words, what is our responsibility to contribute? Is it true that prayer and the LHP can make choices and leaps of faith easier, but cannot make those choices? Are the choices themselves the leaps of faith left to the individual to accomplish, as in the saying, you can lead a horse to water but cannot make it drink? What is creator's perspective? All right, and these are creator's words and answer. It is a truism in the scriptures that God helps those who help themselves. The wisdom in this is that because you have free agency and free will, we can do nothing for you whatsoever unless you request it of us directly. If you never think about any higher power as a resource, you will be depriving yourself of many opportunities to have a better partner in life than you could ever get from the human level. Even though the benefits can be profound and even life-saving to reach out to the divine for assistance, 
the burden is still on the human side. First, to make the request and make it clearly about what is wanted and what you would like to see happen. But the responsibility for the requester does not end there. Whether we can respond will depend on whether there is sufficient belief in the divine within them. If their belief is shaky, we might only be able to make a token response that will be questionable in its ability to change things for the better. That is in keeping with the energy of the person making the request. If their belief in the possibility of change is mixed, our answer can only be a mixed and incomplete response to effect something on their behalf. In addition, they need to believe in themselves as worthy of a divine intervention. As hard as it is in today's world to believe 100% in the reality of the divine, few people believe 100% in their worthiness. This is a consequence of thousands of years of self-neglect and the corruption by evil to rob you of your divinity and its expression to keep you safe, help you do the right thing instead of the wrong thing, and to support you in having a healthy self-regard, confidence, and zest for living that are hallmarks of divine alignment. The more lives of poverty, anguish, illness, and conflict one has endured, the more wounds will have accumulated all of which represents a huge backlog of healing need that has been unaddressed, but can be through outreach to the divine. This may require cultivating a stronger belief in the self as well as the divine in the doing. But those belief quotients can be enhanced through a prayer request to receive help with the challenge. One must start somewhere to get somewhere. Some have a swifter, uneventful journey compared to the many who will struggle, falter, proceed very slowly, or maybe fall by the wayside in failure. The answer is always profound healing for the underlying causes in the way. That is what the Lightworker Healing Protocol can address the most effectively because it has all of the inherent wisdom needed to address a complete list of issues, phenomena, and sources of negativity, as well as asking for divine help through the ways the divine carries out healing. That extra specificity can make the process of requesting quite powerful compared to someone who is ignorant about all those details and simply wants their pain to stop. Here again, there is a demand on the human side to educate the self about the requirements of establishing an effective divine partnership rather than to remain a divine supplicant in a state of helplessness and hopelessness. It is hard for us to help people who are so downtrodden because they are not helping themselves. So there is nothing coming from the human side to constitute an actionable request. There is a workaround, and that is for a humanitarian, a person in a better frame of mind and state of vibration, who is in better divine alignment, to go to bat for them and reach out to the divine with requests for their assistance. This is what healers do, and it is the healers currently using the Lightworker Healing Protocol because they have the requisite belief quotient, 
who can be tremendously helpful to many to catch up in making up for lost time to obtain the healing they need to get their lives back on track. It is up to humans to choose one or both of these important strategies for self-improvement and as a way to ensure self-survival because the forces of evil are gathering and seeking your annihilation. They are tightening their grip on your world as we speak. It is only human requests to us that can stop it. You are not powerful enough to stand up to extraterrestrial interlopers more advanced than you and vastly more powerful, let alone the dark spirit meddlers who corrupt you and who have corrupted them to become savages and predators. The Holocaust was their creation. It was paused by divine intervention, working through human hands to bring that about, but divine energy nonetheless. The darkness is regrouping and seeking more effective means for your destruction. Once again, our ability to intervene will depend on you individually and collectively. The more people you can awaken to the urgency and need for healing, who can do empowered prayer, and especially learn to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol to seek help from practitioners, the more healing requests will flow and the more the divine can step in to save you. You are in charge of what will happen and not us. Yeah, I think that the Lightworker Healing Protocol and Empowered Prayer is obviously the most effective thing that you can do to help not only yourself, but especially others. You know, Creator talks about the downtrodden, that they're not helping themselves and, and in a sense, not helping anybody else either. And earlier, Creator had said that, you know, the lives of poverty, anguish, suffering, war, what have you, can drag somebody down. But you don't have to have any of those conditions to be downtrodden. There are rich people that are downtrodden. There are healthy people that are downtrodden, you know. There are people that seem to have the world by the tail and they're downtrodden. So, being downtrodden is a big part of the problem. And, you know, if you know somebody who's downtrodden, doing the Lightwork Healing Protocol for them can certainly help. But at some point, the downtrodden themselves are going to have to turn it around, I think. Well, and the world as a whole is under siege. I mean, this yes. is the big reveal. The cat's out of the bag. We're in trouble yes. here. We don't like having to talk about this. I was shocked and disheartened hearing about this. In the first place, I've known about this for years. I've been talking about it for years. People are are inured to any talk of doom and gloom that, you know, another end of the world myth or misguided notion. Some cult comes forth with such a story and they think the world's going to end at midnight on the 31st of uh, December and so on. Those are disinformation campaigns to teach us not to listen to whistleblowers, not to listen to prophetic visionaries who may have the truth. So here we come, and the dice are loaded against us. We can only help save and heal the world through Get Wisdom if you out there listening take part. Here's yes. your chance. Absolutely. Check us out at GetWisdom.com. Download the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook at GetWisdom.com slash LHP and get the ebook on Empowered Prayer, GetWisdom.com slash prayer. You can also check out the Get Wisdom 
Divine Wisdom Database at GetWisdom.com slash DB. There's thousands of questions and answers there for you to begin looking at immediately. That's all we have for this week's Get Wisdom. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 